Welcome to Inside the Economy from Sharkey, Howes & Javer. I'm Larry Howes. Thanks for joining me. A quick view of the numbers. The GDP numbers for last year, 2017, were estimated down a little bit. Fairly rare event. We'll probably finish the year uh, oh, 2.6, 2.5, something like that. We might uh, not improve on that in 2018. It's a little early to tell. but. Nothing dramatic, and it's not going to have any impact on what the Fed's going to do when they meet here somewhere around March 20th. Unemployment is still 4.1, and all the rest of the interest rates, the three-month, 10-year, 30-year, and even 30-year mortgages, are creeping up in anticipation of a rate hike here pretty soon, and we will almost certainly have one. The real estate market is really... <laughs> a great test bed for what's going on in interest rates and going on in the marketplace. In the last couple of years, uh, there have been more prospective sales on homes than there have been buys. I know everybody keeps track of new homes and homes on the market, fine. But it's rapidly becoming a buyer's market. There's a lot of people out there that have a lot of interest in selling their home because they think the value is going to go down when rates go up. Well, that will happen for a little while. It's just not going to be a very long-term event. But we are clearly in a place where there's more homes wanting to be sold or about to go on the market. So this short-term issue of not having enough, well, inventory for people to buy, that'll go away. Uh, also on the flip side of things, there are organizations that do nothing but follow People flipping homes. Uh, well, typical return on a, on a home that's been flipped in the last couple of years is about 50%. That's the sale to an address, and then they just keep track of the next sale to the address. And there's been some great numbers. However, here recently, the real hot markets for the flip, which you might guess Austin, Texas, Santa Barbara, and of course Boulder, they have gotten slimmer. Their returns aren't as well received, and people are getting used to having smaller margins on this. I think it's indicative that the real estate market is getting a little bit tighter and a lot more sensitive to interest rates. About 207,000 homes were flipped last year. That's a very difficult number to uh, have a lot of confidence in. It doesn't take into account those like in Denver that are buys and scrapes. It's just those that have been sold generally within nine months. And uh, there's no accounting for how much money was spent on the home between the buy last year and the sale this year. It's okay. You're going to see this data, several investment newsletters, and it's going to creep into the media. This is basically the blue here is the S&P 500. Done very well. The red is the earnings per share of the S&P 500. This is a very technically revealing slide, and I put it in here to remind you that you will probably hear that, gee, we're working on a gigantic bubble in the stock market, in the S&P 500. Look at what it's done. This is huge. This is going to be a disaster. The bottom's going to fall out of the market. Well, closer inspection, and I'll just make it quick here for you. One. That 20% slope, which is what the S&P 500 has done since, let's go with 2010, 
is also the same slope that the actual earnings, and we've talked about earnings in the S&P 500 a lot, that's what the earnings have grown in the same time period. The valuation of the S&P 500 has done a great job staying right with new earnings. The ratio between price earnings and where the value of the stock is has stayed very, very rational. People are sensitive to bubbles. Also, the price has gone way up, earnings have gone way up, and there's fewer shares out there. Companies have been buying their own stock back, so there's a lot fewer shares as part of that equation. It really isn't a bubble developing. It's, in my opinion, not a bubble at all, and certainly not a source of concern. It's simply not going to go on forever. Now, how it corrects, we've talked about 2018 is going to have a bunch of little corrections in it. Nothing dramatic. It's just going to slow this rate of growth down. Not a problem. Now, trade wars, trade deficits, big issue. I guess it's in the media. I don't watch that much, but I know it's in the, the technical journals. And we had a large trade deficit reported just a little while ago. Now, if you look at this, when the line is going down, that means the American consumer is buying stuff. Uh, we didn't buy a lot of stuff during the Great Recession of 2008 and 2009. Number goes up. Ah, much smaller trade deficit. Somehow that's treated as good news or certainly less bad news. It's actually neither one. And this whole debate about tariffs uh, is part of this. We don't import nearly as much oil as we used to, and I'll get to that in a minute, which is inflationary, which has a great deal of impact on what goes on in our economy if you're dependent upon foreign energy. We're becoming less dependent all the time. This latest number has Christmas in it, it has some spending in it, and it has a little bit of the resurgence of some strength in the dollar. It's not seasonal, but it isn't dramatic either. The uh, trade tariff issue that's going right now concerns steel, mostly, and manufactured specialty metals. This is where the United States get its, gets its steel. Most of it is from Canada, and another big section of it is from Mexico, all in NAPFA. They were never going to have tariffs applied to them anyway. There's also a number of countries that have already applied for exemptions from this tariff. The issue is not necessarily holding back how we import or how much we import. It's a question of price. The issue fundamentally is China has gigantic capacity in steel. Actually, their overcapacity in steel is more than the United States had in original capacity when we were in the steel business. That's going to have much more impact on the price of structural steel and specialty stuff than the tariff. It's, it's overblown. It's not going to have any impact on the interest rates. It's not going to have any substantive impact on this economy. It will simply occupy time. Now, aluminum is a little bit different. Uh, aluminum smelters are much easier to set up. In fact, there's a so far unnamed Swiss company that when they first heard about the tariff, took them a day and a half, contacted the governor of Missouri, 
and said, gee, we want to build a smelter in your state. Do you have a county that has high unemployment and want 400 jobs? Uh, eight hours later, they had a deal. They're going to build a smelting plant in Missouri. They can't wait. They're hiring people already. As soon as you get a tiny bit of price impetus, anybody who manufactures overseas will look at their best customer, and that's the U.S. consumer. Everybody wants the U.S. consumer, and say, well, let's not build it in Switzerland. Let's do it in the United States. Fine. We'll sell the same stuff, cut the drama. That's where we are. The tariff thing that, well, it's just short-term drama. Here's petroleum. You know, the dark line there is what we used to import. It's come down dramatically. We've talked about how much new oil production we have in the U.S. You know that. There's also a lot less demand, and it's going to continue to be a demand. But right now, it's not dramatic. Who does have a lot of demand for oil is China. They are the number one importer. That is not going to reverse. In fact, if they make progress on their pollution, which, believe me, if you haven't been there, you want them to make progress on their pollution, they're going to start importing a lot more natural gas, LNG, liquefied natural gas. Well, they're already digging the harbors in California to accommodate the ships. and the It's going to be big business. On the last piece of oil, we've talked about Venezuela and what sort of a supplier it's been. There are several refineries in the Gulf region that are set up specifically to handle Venezuela crude. It's crude crude. It's got a lot of sulfur in it. It's very thick. You have to be set up specifically to make it worthwhile. Well, Venezuela's collapsing. Uh, the economic collapse has probably already happened. Their experiment with their own version of cryptocurrency or petrocurrency, I love that term, was a failure. Now people are fleeing. And here are the numbers of people. It's a little bit sad, but obviously the first place when you leave Venezuela is you go through the jungle and you go to Colombia. It's much easier to get in the United States from Colombia than it is from Venezuela. Same with Spain. The goal, try and get to the U.S. just like everybody else. They will have a social collapse here, I, I'm guessing 2018. It's too bad. And I guess somebody will have to go in there and try and put it back together. A lot of non-negotiations going on about Britain leaving the European Union. Basically, in a year, they're leaving by contract. They just haven't gotten a lot of the talking done. This is a chart I like to follow out of Bloomberg, the gadfly, of the changes in people, not ultra-wealthy, but very wealthy, those with a net worth of 50 million or more, the changes in the number of those people by country. Well, the dark ones are high numbers. Russia up 27%. Well, in Russia, if you get four people that have net worth of $50 million or more, you're up 27%. Brazil, six or eight. It's fine. Their economies are slowly recovering. The same for India. Up 4% in the U.S. of people with that much wealth. Well. That's several thousand people. There's no point in getting into the, the details of that. But what is unpleasant on this chart, well, it's the first time I've ever seen the UK have negative numbers. People are, with money are leaving. 
that tide is not going to change. The other ones have been that way for a couple of years. Turkey, Egypt, Nigeria. That's not going back. And those people are never going back. I'll follow this, but it really doesn't have a big impact on what's happening here in a couple of weeks. Fed's going to meet. Fed's going to raise 25 basis points. It would be bad news in the market if they don't. I believe they will. There isn't any other drama going on in the market. Volatility is down. There's just chit chat about tariffs. So when things change or the story changes or we get substantive data elsewhere, I'll make it part of the next program. But uh, right now, thanks for joining me and I'll see you next time.